Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. Today I have the wonderful Carla Smith. She is is the leader of uh, Carla Smith Consulting, previously Executive Vice President at PIMS. Carla champions transformational strategy, governance, and policy in the healthcare sector. For 25 years, she successfully led businesses and created coalitions that have enabled the health sector to embrace innovation and enhance value, quality, access, and efficiency. These are all things that any health system strives for. Uh, her impact on health sec- on the sector of health is significant and well-respected. She serves as an executive strategist, innovator, and businesswoman with the exceptional healthcare knowledge, contacts, and passion that she has. She really knows how to motivate and uh, knows how to gravitate toward the needs and wants of the health ecosystem, applying the insights with CEOs, boards, and C-suite to make business thrive. Carla definitely knows how to transform market needs, knows how to tap into the motivations of people to get the job done. And it's a pleasure to have her on the podcast here to highlight some of her her expertise in governance, strategy, and policy. So Carla, thanks so much for joining me. Oh, thank you, Saul. I'm delighted to be with you today and looking forward to the conversation. Likewise. Now, did I leave anything in that intro that you may want to highlight to the listeners? Oh, thanks for asking that question, Saul. I appreciate the introduction. And and I think part of the heartbeat of what you said is how important it is to me to do meaningful work in the health sector. I think that the opportunity in front of us all to make a profound difference in the health sector, meaning we're improving the lives of people and those who care for all of us, there's a tremendous opportunity, and I want to continue to play a very active and pivotal role in helping craft the strategy to make that happen. Love it. Well, you know, you've done a lot of great things in your career, Carla, and I know whatever you decide to do is going to be amazing. So um, what, what is it that got you into healthcare to begin with? That's a wonderful question, Saul, because I sort of fell in to uh-huh. healthcare. But oh my goodness, when I got into healthcare, I, I realized that this is where there is the opportunity for me to work my bliss. I have been in the health sector for nearly 30 years. And in that time, I have seen so many changes along the way and have seen how we had the opportunity to harness the work of the the generations that came before us to really apply to today and to leverage all of the innovations that are coming out to make a difference for people and those who care for all of us. Yeah, you know, it's a, we we definitely uh, can sometimes I think take for granted that we stand on the shoulders of those that came before us. And, and, and if we take a look at healthcare a hundred years ago, healthcare 50 years ago, healthcare today, there's definitely been some forward movement. A lot of people criticize uh, areas of healthcare, but we've made some steps forward. And so 
I'd love to hear from you, Carla, what you believe is a hot topic that needs to be on health leaders' agendas and how are you guys approaching it with uh, your clients and things that you do? Sure. So that's a, I appreciate the question there, Saul. And so, so things that, that CEOs and boards of directors need to be taking into account is the, a couple of things. One is the need to be relentlessly nimble and flexible never fall in love and stay in love with one particular direction or point of view, that is not a recipe for success. Rather, you need to always be curious and ready to leave behind or walk away from something that used to work, but they may not be working so well anymore. Another one is to always keep in mind just almost a relentless focus on why you are doing what you are doing. The mission of your business is where you need to be focused and that intended user of your products and services, whether you are a vendor or a provider or a researcher or in any field in policymaker, it's staying very much focused on the on the mission and the intended outcome that you are trying to drive to. So those are a couple of things, Saul, that I would really say today even more than in the past are so important for the C-suite to be paying particular attention to. Yeah, I think those are some really great thoughts, Carla. And gosh, you know, this idea of not marrying a direction and, you know, today's systems may not meet tomorrow's needs. And, and, and you're right. I mean, we definitely have to be open-minded. And so give us an example, Carla, of, of what you've seen or, or things that you've done differently to, to create results in, in our space. Sure. So let's, let's use a current example, Saul. Uh, okay. There, there is research out there that says that if that by, I think it's about 2030, there is going to be a real and noticeable shortage of primary care physicians and a shortage of practicing nurses. Mm -hmm. However, those projections are built upon changing nothing from now until then in how we think about caring for patients and the involvement of patients and the work that clinicians do, what could happen if we turn that on its head and say, we, we don't have to, in the future, be doing the things the way that we do them today in 2018. What, can, what kind of technologies can we harness? How can we change the way we educate our clinicians who are currently in school today? How can we change the workflow? What kinds of innovations are coming into the field from all kinds of different angles that could be adopted? What kind of payment policies need to be changed and updated so that when we get to 2030 or beyond, that yes, we may have fewer primary care physicians, we may have fewer nurses. However, we have strategically changed our direction 
so that those who are in the field are working at their highest levels of competency, are working at their highest levels of licensure, and the consumers and the patients have been optimally engaged so that they are true partners in maintaining their wellness. And when they become ill, helping them return to wellness or to more effectively manage their ongoing conditions. I think that's a great, uh, a great example. And gosh, I mean, you know, really kind of thinking, rethinking what, what we're doing in a way that will create results. Cause it necessarily doesn't have to mean that there's a shortage, right? We, if we employ, for example, telemedicine and Mm -hmm. get patients more involved, may not be Mm -hmm. that there's a shortage because we're more, we've optimized it, right? Right. Exactly. We've, we've gotten, uh, going back to remaining nimble and flexible, being curious about, you know, just pull a thread of an idea and see where it takes you. That can create innovation. Oftentimes what I have found is that when you get into organizations, they're innovative and they don't even realize that they're innovative because they're heads down doing their work. And then it's it's like stumbling across this wonderful gem and you point out to the leadership team, hey, do you see what John Doe or Susie Q over there is doing? I've not seen that before. And, and that's an opportunity for you as a business or an organization to leverage that and make it work and solve a problem that you're currently facing. Mm. So I'll give you another example of sure. how of, of how things evolve over time. There used to be a time, and I'm going to make it up, say nine years ago. I used to do a presentation called, Hey Dude, Where's My EMR? Right? It, okay. it was based upon students who were currently in medical school or nursing school and getting educated by using paper. And yet these students in the rest of their lives were digital natives and were appalled that they were being trained to enter a field by practicing on paper. Mm -hmm. And through their questioning, um, the audacity of them questioning their teachers and their educators and those that they were doing clinical rounds with, it starts rattling the cages of those who are in the field and saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, those are really good questions. Why are we doing things the way that we're doing them? And over time, that started moving mountains. Then you had policy changes Uh, For example, uh, the high-tech act that came out of the American Reinvestment and Recovery Act, that was another lever lever that got pulled. And through these various seismic changes, today we are now able to really harness different workflows, change management techniques, uh, technologies and be able to build on the foundation that has been put in place over the last decade. And we can become very creative looking at new ways of of the health sector 
performing and moving into the future. Yeah, that's uh, th- th- what a what a great uh, angle to look at it from. And so you, you you've obviously had, um, gosh, I mean, you've been in the business for a long time, and and so with your experience, I'm sure you've seen some setbacks. I you know we learn more from those setbacks than we do the successes. I'd love if you could just you know share a story of of one of those and and what you learned. Sure. So we're facing a setback right now. And it's called physician burnout, and there's also nursing burnout. The practicing uh, medicine and nursing is very difficult work. It is it is actually safer to be a coal miner than to be a practicing clinician in certain departments in a health system. Whoa. Emotions run very high sometimes in highly stressful health encounters. Uh, There's also tremendous paperwork that has to be done to meet regulatory guidelines, to get reimbursed for the care. There's endless new research coming out that clinicians have to stay abreast of. There is so much information pouring out of these technologies, and yet it's not being effectively turned in to to knowledge. So there Mm -hmm. are multiple things that are contributing to burnout. And that is a real and present challenge that we have got to address in, in the health sector. And thinking about it from a strategic standpoint, it is valuable to have clinicians who are able to re-embrace the joy of practice, the reason why they got in to healthcare in the first place, to provide opportunities for researchers who are inventing brand new, exciting things for them to be able to embrace the joy of that work, to engage patients so that they are increasingly part of their own solutions and they feel empowered to uh, take their health into their own well-equipped and well-informed hands. These are opportunities and we, we need to be looking at Saul, sort of that ugly underbelly that, that is difficult to look at and our great thorny problems. Those are the things that we need to be facing and looking to find innovative solutions for. And, and so definitely a, a great point that you bring up. It's, uh, it is an issue. And one of the things that I believe is, is that um, we definitely need a little bit more, more balance. And, and, uh, and the way that we do that is, is the question of, I think, the era. And uh, I, I think the, the opportunity is there to to get better and and um I feel like the approach that a lot of um uh female health leaders are taking is is really making a positive impact uh love what you're doing in in the in the space of bringing more female leaders to healthcare would love to hear your your thoughts on 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 that in particular sure i'm glad to so so uh, there is a uh, several reports that are out that are very valuable to understand about the importance of having diversity 
for example, on your boards of directors in your leadership C-suites. For example, uh, there was a, a report published in 2017 by a group called 2020 Women on Boards that shows that 55% of companies that fell off the Fortune 1000 index either had no women or just one woman, one woman on their board of directors. And then there is some research coming out of the Catalyst Group that shows that companies that have the most female board directors performed better financially than those with the fewest females on their boards of directors. There's also the uh, data that comes out of the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics that tells us that in talking about the health sector specifically, women drive 80% of health-related decisions. So understanding that market is profoundly important for businesses in the health sector. And so one of the things that I think trips up companies is when there is either an undercurrent or an overt arrogance that the leaders think that they understand and it is either arrogance or sometimes it's it's simply disregard. They do not realize or are disregarding understanding how important diversity is. And what those kinds of attitudes can do, Saul, is they can close your ears and they can close your minds to mm-hmm. having new information coming in. And that is a very serious issue at the C-suite level if that comes into play because your business can be negatively impacted if and when you are less open to new information, new points of view being heard. I think that's great. And yeah, you know, look, for everybody listening, I think the call to action is is let's definitely keep an open mind to diversity, uh, women in the workplace, uh, different cultures, because we've got to better understand how to serve the people that we're serving in healthcare, uh, the patient. And it's important that we, we really consider this, uh, this important topic of, of, hey, let's include more women in the C-suite. Let's include more diversity in the C-suite because that's going to get us the foundation for making the the appropriate changes to to get the results we're looking for. So appreciate your 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 thoughts on that, Carla. The stats are are pretty pretty interesting. So so tell us what's one of your proudest leadership experiences to date in uh, in our field. I have been very proud, Saul, to have been able to uh, be involved in so many high-profile, momentous changes in our health system of being involved in policy with multiple pieces of legislation, such as I mentioned earlier, the High-Tech Act, 21st Century Cures, uh, the codification of the National Coordinator, the being able to inform 
the Department of Defense and the Veterans Administration as they've been thinking through their strategies around how to improve the quality and efficacy and access to health and health care for our military and our veterans. Also, uh, the role that I've played in helping us all to understand how important it is for the consumer and the patient to be part of the conversation and to have been a person who's been able to bring together those coalitions of the the patients and the payers and the med device and the health IT and the policy to all work collaboratively in this health ecosystem so that we are improving and transforming the ecosystem for the better. Thank you. And, and, and it's, uh, it's definitely a, an important uh, track that you've, that you've been on and, and uh, for, for any, any company looking to, to really make an impact. Uh, it, it's key to have leaders that have been there and done that. And there's definitely no doubt in my mind that you've been there and done that, Carla, and the, the value you could add is, is tremendous. Um, what would you say an exciting project your focus on today is? Oh, I love working. I just love working on strategy, Saul. The opportunity, uh, I've been talking with companies that are in the med device area, the payer, health services organizations, provider organizations, helping them with strategy issues of where is the health ecosystem going? How can my business be in the driver's seat on in, in the health ecosystem, how can I be successful to meet my business goals and my mission? Those kinds of conversations that I'm having, Saul, have been tremendously exciting and are truly meaningful to me of being able to be part of those conversations and helping us reframe and rethink of how and why we do what we do to the benefit of our customers, our clients, our patients, our shareholders, and achieving our mission. That's wonderful. It, so, so we're we're getting to the to the end of the of the interview here, Carla. This has been a, a, a really fun discussion. I, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, this part of the interview, we'll we'll do a five questions lightning round style. It's we we do the syllabus every every time we do an interview with our guests, and so it's the one hundred and one of Carla Smith. Five questions, lightning round style, followed by a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? All right. I'm ready. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? Make it work for the intended user. To do that, you've got to involve all the stakeholders and then allow yourself to evolve your thinking and your approach because you've actually listened to them. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Lee, check your arrogance at the door and open up your mind to make sure that you are hearing and being able to be nimble and flexible to take your business where it needs to go. Love that. How do you stay relevant despite constant change? You've got to be relentlessly focused on improving health and health care for whoever your client or your customer is. You've got to always be ready to release that shiny new toy or 
the thing that you thought was going to work and you've always got to be ready to explore. Love that. What's one area of focus that drives everything in what you do? Performing meaningful work that brings joy, that brings joy for the people who are involved in that meaningful work and brings joy and appreciation and value for those for whom it is intended. What book would you recommend, Carla? Oh, anything by Bill Bryson, particularly (laughs) A Walk in the Woods or A Brief History of Nearly Everything. Anything by Bill Bryson. So what is it that you love about uh, his work? He's funny and curious and factual all at the same time. For me, that's that's hitting a home run for a book. (laughs) It's a great combo. Thanks for the recommendation, Carla. Uh, so anything by Bill Bryson, in particular, A Walk in the Woods. We're just uh, rethinking today's direction for tomorrow's needs with, with Carla Smith here today. So so go to outcomesrocket.health, type in Carla Smith. You'll find an entire transcript there of our interview, as well as the show notes, links to any of the resources we we discussed today. Carla, I'd love if you could just leave us with a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could get in touch with you. Thanks, Saul. So folks can most easily get hold of me with through my email address, which is Carla at carlasmith.health, and that's Carla with a C. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn and would look forward to connecting with people either way. Outstanding. Carla, this has been a blast and uh, looking forward to staying in touch. Thanks for spending time with us. Thank you, Saul. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more. 